0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Psychedelic Integration Podcast. I'm Sinclair, and I'm John, and we're with Mystical Heart Collective, and we help people heal with psychedelics with all of our magical tools, including integration, preparation, <laughs> navigation, and retreats. We are so excited to share that we are we just opened booking for our first retreat this week, and it's. It's Ten. in
1: uh, Olon, Ecuador, yeah. from Ju- June 28th through July 8th. It's 11 days. We have six to seven ceremonies, two ayahuasca, two San Pedro's, two sweat lodges. We would love to have you. If you're interested in hearing more details, tune in to the end of the podcast, and you can find out um, a little bit more about what we got going on.
0: And you can visit the website at mysticalheartcollective.com forward slash retreats. So today we're talking about a really cool topic. We are going to explore minimum effective dose. Hmm. What is minimum effective dose, John?
1: So minimum effective dose, um, we're talking about the least amount of something that you need to get the results you're seeking. And really this is to get the return on investment that you're hoping to get. Um, not taking too little, not taking too much.
0: Yeah. So in the context of medicine, this would be taking the smallest amount or dose of the medicine, uh, like John said, to get the desired outcome or to have the experience that you want. Hmm. And there's a a spectrum of methods of working with psychedelics and and advice around how to work with psychedelics. And we're going to talk about the whole spectrum. So on one end, you have microdosing which is taking a very small amount of the psychedelic
1: not even noticeable just enough that there's something in your system but it shouldn't change the way you perceive anything
0: and that often we'll talk a little bit about how that works but it it's something that you do sort of repeat like every day daily for a while every
1: three days or, or something
0: yeah like on a schedule <laughs> and then you have that on one end and then on the other end we have the heroic dose or the ego death dose or the blasting the blaster gun (laughs) I like to call it um and so that's another that's another area that sort of gets a lot of attention and a lot of people talk about and then we have everything in between that and so today on the podcast we're going to talk about what is minimum effective dose why is it important why do you need to care about this and we'll explore kind of the pros and cons of these extreme more extreme sides of the spectrum and we'll talk about what we like to call the middle way and what that looks like as well
1: yeah so before we get into this we just want to say that um, as we're talking about these different dosages these are well this is our experience and our opinion and it's um, just that so this is the way that we like to work with it this is the way that has we've found through trial and error that fits best for us so keep in mind that Um, just like with everything there's no one-size-fits-all solution so it's not like everyone should be microdosing or everyone should be taking the heroic dose or that everyone should be talking about um, or everyone should be taking what we're talking about today in the minimum effective dose this middle way Um, we're really just trying to call attention to a part of the spectrum that really doesn't get that much attention so
0: And, and our perspective is is from our work is we use medicine in for the purpose of healing so we work with psychedelics and we work with people who are wanting to heal with psychedelics. And so that informs a lot of the ways that mm. we think about this. And we're also we're also people who work in retreat and we work in ceremony. And so just keep that in mind as you're listening to how we talk about this. Like John said, there's no judgment around either either end of the spectrum or anything in between. We're just really interested in this. It's cool to, to learn about it and to talk about it. And we hope that we can provide some good educational information in case you're kind of wondering, like, how much, like, how do I even know what to take? We're going to talk about uh, that toward the end of the podcast. Like, how do you know what is the right, what is the right dosage for you? And you might, you might kind of decide some of that while listening to this today. So let's talk about microdosing.
1: Yeah, so like we were saying before, microdosing is taking a very, very small um, amount of a medicine. Um, for example, like well, and it's it's person dependent, of course. But for example, with like LSD, a kind of a standard dose is about a hundred micrograms, and people start their microdosing regimen at 10 percent of that so they start with 10 micrograms and the goal is to adjust that to a place where um, um, it's imperceivable so they can go about their day they can drive they can um, have conversations they can go to work whatever it is that they're normally doing all things can be carried out just as they normally would without feeling any noticeable effects Um, but of course the medicine is in their system Uh, and this is normally done on a schedule of like three times a week or every third day or something like that. So to give your receptors and your body a chance to absorb the medicine and then kind of readjust to baseline before receiving another small dose.
0: So microdosing has been getting a lot of attention lately for being a good entry-level like entry into working with psychedelics. So a lot of people are kind of like interested in the health benefits of working with psychedelics, but they're afraid of the experience, or they are, well, I mean, I think that's one of the real main reasons of not wanting to have the bigger, the bigger sort of mystical experience around it is like, it's, it's kind of scary. It's, you know, you're going into an unknown and it can be scary. And so microdosing has been coming up as like a an entryway for mm. it's a gateway. <laughs> it's the gateway to <laughs> macrodosing. Um so microdosing is really cool for the reason I think it's really cool is because okay, so they've been doing these studies recently about microdosing and comparing it to the placebo effect. So if you know, you hear the words placebo effect and it actually has a kind of a bad context. Placebo effect is meaning this has the same effect as if you were taking nothing. So in like a medical context, when they're testing things, they're like, well, this is the placebo effect. So it means the medicine isn't effective or something whenever it has the same effect as the placebo. But the way that we look at the placebo effect is like the placebo effect is magic. And it's basically your mind and your intention and your, your folk, you know, you decide that you're doing this thing and it's giving you this benefit, even when the chemical,
1: yeah, your, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. It's
0: okay. The chemical, (laughs) like the medicine is in such a small amount that it's not scientifically, it's not doing anything. And that was, well, that was kind of a study that came out recently about it. We can link to that in the show notes. I'll make sure and put it in.
1: Yeah, it's um yeah, I mean the placebo effect is really cool because it's like you're taking this sugar pill or whatever it is mm-hmm. that is inert. It has no like biochemical reaction in your body that should produce any sort of results that they're claiming it will. Right. But by the power of intention and purpose and like endowing that sugar pill with you know, your mind magic, you're making it do those things. You're agreeing that your body can do those things. So whether the right,
0: that's awesome, that's, that's that's so cool.
1: So if the microdose, like the study is saying this, like, actually, it's much more placebo. It's like, that's pretty cool information. Like you, if your mind is doing that to something inert, you could do that every morning with your glass of water. Mm -hmm. You could do that with your coffee. You could do that with the food you eat by saying prayers over it. it You, you can do it with anything just by saying to yourself and really believing this is going to work so i mean that begs the question with microdosing right um and i don't i don't know if there's really a definitive way to to prove this as it's going to be different in the the placebo effect or our magic is working in everything but the question is like is is the medicine at this dose effective enough to actually do something or is it really just our intention around taking it that's really having the positive effect and at least for our, where from where i'm sitting it doesn't matter right so it's like if if we believe something's working and we're taking it and we have a genuine belief in it and we're behind it 100 percent and we continue to do it and we're getting results that we want over it then it's like who cares what the study says and who right. cares how it affects someone else or who cares about any of that. It's like, it's working for me. And that's really, at the end of the day, it's like, we don't care. Well, science has us like wrapped up in this, like, well, it must be an objectively proved thing that is like, it's just universal across the board for every person that it always does this. And really, who cares? Because if it subjectively works for me, then that's really all that matters in my own personal life. Right. Right.
0: Well, and I think so with plant medicine, there's a spirit connected. Mm There is a spirit in the medicine. Yes, it's the organic matter. But these plants have spirits. And when you get to have a relationship with them, you know them. You you're like, it's my grandmother. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's the mushrooms, the children, the sainted children. They you can feel the spirit. And that is in as one of our shaman friend says everything you need is in a single drop Uh and it's what you do with it and I really really believe that comes through in microdosing it's Mm. like I think that the reason the placebo is so powerful is because the spirits of these medicines it's not about the science or the molecule that Uh like does the brain things it's the spirit of the medicine that's coming in and like shifting your energetic field to Uh allow you to heal and it it's working like whatever, the meth- like, whatever the methods are, microdosing is working for people because they believe that it's working and they want it to work. And I also think it's awesome because it's a gateway to doing more medicine in, lar- you know, in a bigger, like, more profound experience. And because I think if people have a good experience microdosing, they're much more likely to... I don't have any statistics about this <laughs> at the moment, but this is just my, like, feeling about it is that if somebody... If somebody, it's always somebody's mom that's asking me about. If somebody's asking me, <laughs> like, oh, my mom really wants to microdose. Like, do you have any advice? And you know, we're 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 more macrodosing people. <laughs> we're like, yeah, but but like, good, like good, like give the mushrooms to your mom if your mom wants the mushrooms. Let her have them in any quantity uh-huh. and see what happens. And then you know, if she does that for a while. She might be like willing to sit down and have a ceremony, and the just being open to okay well the science says one thing but what we're seeing in the community is that people are really getting a lot out of this and i feel like the any amount of plant medicine that people are ingesting is like improving the consciousness for everyone so even if it's you know little like microscopic amounts i think it's a really powerful message that it's also becoming accepted to do which is a big deal, the more that we have acceptance around entheogens and plant medicines, the more it will spread and the more people will take them and the more, you know, our consciousness will be able to awaken itself. So I really have nothing, you know, we have nothing like negative to say about microdosing. It's a really cool, you know, phenomenon in the community. And I think it's important.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like what you said about, um, Well, obviously, like, the spirits of the plants or the spirit of the the medicine really applies to um, earth, sacred earth medicines Mm -hmm. grown from the earth. The Mm -hmm. mushrooms, the ayahuasca, the San Pedro, the... um,
0: I took a microdose of Peyote one time,
1: and let me tell you, <laughs> I
0: definitely had a very yeah. Well, I was a, like,
1: you felt it. Yeah, that's true. As a small dose. Well,
0: it was it was sold to me in the as this oh it's, you won't feel not anything. It's it's just a little you know, and I was instead. like instead right. I was like writing on the blog. It was it was pretty cool.
1: So I like what you were saying about the the spirit of the plant, right, mm-hmm. and that being present. Um, So from my own personal experience with, you know, trying out microdosing and seeing how it worked for me, I found that, you know, it is a relationship with this Mm -hmm. spirit. So I like this analogy of like, okay, if we have a neighbor across the street and we just wave at this neighbor all the time and that's the basis of our relationship, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like microdosing. You're having this wave across the street. It's not really, you're not going deep, mm-hmm. but you're friendly and you're mm-hmm. getting to know them. Mm-hmm. It's not like that wave is meaningless, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're waving, you're being friendly and there's a, there's a connection there for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, when y- you invite that neighbor over for dinner and you all sit down, maybe you have like a real deep conversation till like Y'all are up to like three in the morning talking about like your struggles in life and your traumas and like your solutions for them. And y'all are crying and laughing and you hug it out and you end up like, you know, really falling in love with this person as a Mm -hmm. friend. And you guys part ways and then you see them next week and you you have that wave. That wave has a lot more weight and meaning and depth behind it. So, um, from my own personal experience, I really like the microdose as a way to keep my relationship present with the spirit of the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, it's not enough to wave, to build that relationship, mm-hmm. to build that relationship. I had to have a microdose. Mm-hmm. And then when I have the the microdose, oh, sorry. Yeah when I I have the macrodose, mm-hmm. and then when I have the microdose, the wave across the street, it really has a lot more depth to it. So,
0: so that's something important to think about. If you're thinking about microdosing, it has benefits. It can improve things like mood, sleep. People are reporting all kinds of stuff. Like you can look it up. It's there. It, it's being touted as something that's really helping people with you know things like depression and anxiety and all these all these things, and it's not going to give you the same result as taking a visionary dose or a journey, a dose where you have a mystical journey into another mm. realm. It's just not. And that and that's that's a fact. It it's because it's just not as strong. Like John right. said, it's like you haven't had that night with your neighbor where you guys are like, you know, bonding and you're going you're going deep. And the thing about it is like for some people, they're not ready to have that experience or they're not sure they want it, or they're not sure it's necessary. And these are all good reasons to start with microdosing. Like if you want to dip your toes into the kiddie pool, that is the place to do it. And and it can have really profound benefits. But expecting that a microdosing regimen is going to get you to the same place where as going on a retreat necessarily, or, you know, taking ayahuasca. It's just it's that expectation will probably disappoint you
1: yeah the um, it also has like as i've tried it before it felt very similar to something like taking an antidepressant mm-hmm. where um and that again that's just for me but where i the purpose for me sitting with the plants has really evolved into like I want to radically change my perspective. I really want to like go a couple levels deeper than I can in my normal consciousness and find out like what
0: or 10 levels deeper. Yeah, like what is the root
1: of this this issue that I'm facing right now or like where am I being inauthentic and how can I release that belief, that thought pattern, that emotional attachment, that vibration? How can I really change that and consciously put in something that I want that's more healthy, more authentic? more life-affirming for me Mm -hmm. Um, and microdosing didn't do that for me what it ended up doing was kind of like put rose-colored glasses on everything like I didn't have to change anything but I kind of felt like in a better mood a little Mm -hmm. bit and after a couple months of doing that it's like okay well now the I've adjusted to the rose-colored lens and it looks normal and I'm back in the same boat where you know Okay, I'm. St- I was still feeling like a little depressed, a little anxious, a little like worried, a little lost, and I continued to take the microdose, and it didn't really, it didn't really like cheer me up anymore. Mm-hmm. So okay, then it was good. Like let's okay, let's try the macrodose and really get in there and yeah. change the perspectives.
0: That's something you think about too, around like the timing. M- uh. Microdosing is something that you kind of commit to doing for a considerable amount of time. And if you're really struggling and you're really in a place of like needing something to change, that's another, you know, three months, six months, whatever of time that you're kind of trying this thing out where it might put, you know, be like six more months of you kind of not, not really shifting that much. So that's something that, you know, I always ask people too, is like, are you, are you like, like how, how much suffering are you willing to put up with Uh if you, because this might not. This is not going to deliver a boom like change. Right. And a lot of us get to a place if we're looking at plant medicine, we need something to change. <laughs> yeah. We need something to change today. Yeah. And the microdose is is a symbol of, okay, I'm doing something about this. And like John said, it's like for a lot of people it's just not going to be enough. And that's that's okay. Okay.
1: So, so yeah, let's let's talk about the other end of the spectrum.
0: Ooh. <sighs>
1: The heroic dose. The
0: heroic dose. What is what is the heroic dose? Where did that come from?
1: So that kind of term comes from uh, Terence McKenna old, and old Terence McKay. <laughs> yeah. So he talked about taking well for him for him mm-hmm. it was five gram five dried grams of mushrooms of mushrooms right. in silent darkness. And this five
0: is... dried grams of mushrooms in silent darkness.
1: Yeah. So that's his like. And he really talked about having this experience that was so profound that two to three times a year was like more than enough for him that's kind of hitting it heavy Mm -hmm. Um, he also talked about like for him taking um, kind of a mid-range dose two and a half three grams he was in this place where he was feeling anxious and kind of fighting with the experience so rather than and his solution to that was okay I'm not gonna really sit here in this dose range and figure out how to like navigate that better and how to relax. He's like, I'm just going to take more and I'm going to take so much that I can't fight it anymore. Mm -hmm. So that was his solution to it. Mm -hmm. That's not the solution, but that was his solution.
0: That's our solution. Right.
1: And that's how, well, that's where that term heroic dose comes from. Okay. So having a huge experience that's, um, for him again was, he was talking about completely entering a different realm with, Mm -hmm. You know, a uh, completely new visual auditory landscape that he could completely interact with entities he was like in their. Yes, in a different world. Right. Okay. So that's his thing. He mm-hmm. also. Okay, and then another way you hear this, like, heroic dose or this big dose is like an ego-dissolving dose, where there ceases to be any you, you're merged with everything, there's absolutely no boundaries with anything, and you you're are... Not,
0: for all intents and purposes, died.
1: Yes. Not um,
0: physically died, but your connection to your, like, personality and your ego, your spirit, has been severed.
1: And I I would like to say and point out that um, old Terrence McKenna did not advocate for this. So I was actually listening to him the other day, and he was talking about how... Um, that that's not the goal with this. You want to be present. You want to be there. You want to be able to interact and receive. So.
0: Well, and heroic a heroic dose doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have an ego death. These are not the same thing.
1: Right. But these are two you versions. You would have
0: to take a heroic dose. <laughs> you would have to take a heroic dose to have an ego death, but you're not guaranteed to have one. Right. Even at like any high dose, like get, ego death is never a guarantee. Based on, like, I mean, for some people, they'll tell you, well, if you take this much, you will have an ego death. It could be likely that you would, but I don't think there's a guarantee. No, that. each
1: person's very different.
0: Well, and a lot of it, too, like, at least in my experience, at more overwhelming doses, um, I have always had a choice of whether or not I wanted to. Mm. So I have never taken so much that I was, like, forced to lose my ego or have, you know, an experience that I I wasn't ready to have. Um, but that's kind of a different, that's a different (laughs) little nuance about this.
1: So, okay. So there's these two kind of experiences, Mm -hmm. um, as we're talking about this, like higher dose range, Mm -hmm. what, like, what are people looking for out of that? Like, why are, why are people... Right there's people who are like I'm looking for the microdose. We kind of talked about why mm-hmm. they were search that stuff out. Like mm-hmm. why are people searching out this macrodose?
0: I think it's kind of a similar reason, but on it's like generally people who are seeking an ego death experience or feel that they they first of all they feel that they need to have this that this is the only way. So they've they've come up with to a place where they're like accepting of. I have to have this ego death experience, and okay, so why why would someone uh, like get on board with that idea? Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on men in particular from other men. This to me, and this is you know my experience as a female in this in the psychedelic in the industry. I do I manage a lot of our social media stuff, and I see a lot of mostly men telling other men you are not really doing this if you don't have the ego death if you don't have the heroic dose if you're not entering the void there's all this language around it that's used that's Mm -hmm. like come on be a man like you know it's kind of like a toxic masculinity thing like where there is a culture in the psychedelic community of take these to be more masculine to be like to have the ultimate experience to jump out of the plane of psychedelics into the fort vo- you know it's and i am i'm 100 percent sure there are women who are doing this too but i'm not seeing gangs of chicks like gangs of women being like yes we must you know conquer the the mystery like it just doesn't really mm. i i don't i'm not seeing that coming from from women women are more like you know the earth is your mother and she wants to help hold you and she's made this medicine for you and like come and merge with your mother kind of stuff it's not it's just like a little softer i guess even if you're talking about like the galactic understanding <laughs> of all of it but so okay so there's this pressure that i think people feel especially when they're first getting into it or if they're shifting from a recreational to more purposeful use mm. um So that's one, that's one part. And then why do, so why do we onboard that idea that like, I need to kill my ego? Mm.
1: Yeah. So I think a lot of people can relate to having problems with, right, controlling or having a good relationship with their mind. Right. Um, I heard someone (laughs) talking the other day or something about like, well, we have a good relationship with our body, right? Mm -hmm. So like my arm's not going to turn around and like start punching me (laughs) and beat me up. It's because I have a good relationship with it. I know that I am in charge, and I control the arm, and it right. it does beneficial stuff for me. Right. But we don't have the same relationship with the mind. Right. So the mind, we don't have this... Um, it's, it's fucking us up sometimes, <laughs> right? So in yeah. a very Western way, it's like, oh, this thing is a problem? Like, cut it out. Eradicate it. Kill it. Get rid of it. Right. And so I think that's where, like the um, well in sometimes where the um, idea to like well let's just kill this ego Mm -hmm. or like you know I'm very attached to this who I am or whatever all these stories I tell myself I'm attached to um, the way I think about things I'm attached to the programming that I came up with I don't know what it's like to live without any of those things Mm -hmm. like I would like to transcend that for a little bit and find what and who I am without any of those things
0: that really resonates like i hear that a lot i can definitely relate to that even though i'm not necessarily a person who has sought an ego death i definitely Mm. it's like you want i mean part of part of the reason we want to take these medicines and have these big experiences is to transcend the Mm. noise is to and to go underneath like all the chaos and be like okay what is this it's, like, going inward to find your inner child
1: uh,
0: is, for me, the, like, the big heroic experience. Yeah. Like, that's that's what did it for me, and I did not need to lose, lose my ego to get that healing.
1: Yeah, so so that's kind of how I feel about it, is that, well, first off, like, that, that ego death experience is, like, absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. The ego is dying. It is literally a death of the ego, and mm-hmm. it...
0: It feels like you're dying. I mean, it's, it feels like you are scary. actually It's scary. It's
1: tough. It's very hard to stay calm and relaxed and go willingly into that experience. Um And on top of that, like, understanding who you are that's deeper, that's transcending of the thoughts, beliefs, programming, all that stuff, does not require a complete disillusion of everything that you are, a separation from your body, a... um you know complete death of the ego mm-hmm. it's completely possible to understand those patterns and to understand which you've created which were um, imposed upon you and which don't belong to you whatsoever without completely merging with the all mm-hmm. um, I, <laughs> I can really relate to like thinking that experience would be necessary mm-hmm. and you know, kind of not not really seeking it out, but at the same time trying to prepare myself for like, okay, if this happens, I need to be ready because I've I keep hearing all these people saying that this is the only way that you're going to be able to transcend this stuff, and this mm-hmm. is the only way you're going to be able to like really get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got down for my first retreat, there's this guy serving the medicine, and Man, he's so cool, <laughs> and he's wise, and you can feel it just just listening to one sentence from this guy. You're like, oh, this fucker, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about, <laughs> and he's been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, and he's had very big doses, very, and,
0: very big, many times.
1: And the first thing he says is, "Don't lose yourself, family. Mm-hmm. Do not lose yourself. Be present. Don't go away. Don't, don't merge. Be present. Be conscious." Feel and experience it all and understand it consciously so that was kind of a paradigm shift for me and um, yeah I it turns out all, none of that was necessary to get the results that I wanted um, So
0: that's really important the ego death just to just to like tell you from a perspective of people who have worked with medicine quite a bit and worked with other people and have seen and had ego death and all of this <laughs> Ego death is not necessary to get the healing that you want. Mm. I don't care where you are or who you are or whatever. It is not necessary. Now, does that mean that you, you know, shouldn't have it or what? It, not, there's well, nothing wrong with it, to
1: it. have It It might not be necessary. It is not necessary for every single person.
0: Okay. That's true.
1: So for some people, it might be necessary. Right. That's also true. So this kind of brings us to the middle way. Mm-hmm. And, what I'd like to segue into the middle way by saying is that a big part of the middle way is not being attached to what it looks like to accepting and surrendering to that the medicine has an infinite wisdom and that if I need to have an ego death experience that is going to happen off an average dose if I need to have a very gentle microdose type experience where I don't feel anything during the ceremony that too can happen with the same exact dose of the same exact medicine. So part of finding this middle way for me has been accepting to myself that I don't have to go into the ceremony telling myself a story of what I think I need, that I should be open and accepting of whatever comes to me with the faith and trust that it is exactly what I need in that moment, and that it's really like one of our teachers says is what do I do with that one drop, that one cup, that whatever I take, that what do I do with it that really makes the difference?
0: So um, that's really what I was meaning when I was saying like the ego death is not necessary. It's Mm. that it might not be necessary (laughs) and that we don't know. Like every person is individual, unique, unique, your experience with medicines is going to be unique and one thing that we always teach and in, in our course and in our work at our retreats is like start where you are mm. why are you doing this what are you trying to heal why are you working with the medicines where are you in your life it's so hard to know where you're going or what you need to focus on if you don't have an intention if you don't know where you it's like how do you get directions if you don't know where your starting yeah. point is. So, like, assessing your situation, what, you know, if you've been suffering from severe depression or PTSD for 15 years, you might be at a point where you need to, like, take huge action and take a heroic dose. That is something that you might be really suffering and you're at the point of, like, this. I have tried everything and this is, I need help. That's a different place than someone who's like... Psychedelics seem like they might be fun. Like I have a great life. I just want to try them. That's not somebody that needs to go in there and blast themselves with six cups of <laughs> ayahuasca, you know? <laughs> nope, that's a lot. <laughs> that was a big hyper hyperbolic <laughs> exaggeration. Like please don't take that. Much. So so all of these methods work differently from based on where you are. Mm. And the middle way or in the minimum effective dose is a strategy or a kind of like, you know, system of approach with medicine that's gentle and soft and balanced and that can keep you from taking more than you need and traumatizing yourself. Because Mm -hmm. if you take too much of something and you're not ready to handle it, it can be traumatizing. It can be dangerous. It's very hard to overdose on psychedelics, it's likely not going to like physically harm you necessarily sure. but it but it could it could harm you in like your psyche.
1: Yeah, so a couple things around that is that like okay. One, for this gentle kind of like easing into it, it's mm-hmm. like you're having a relationship with something. Mm-hmm. And um We
0: talked about this in sexual terms before because it's very remember we were talking about it, about, like, going on dates and stuff and how when you first, on your first date with someone, you are really not, like, <laughs> gonna be, like, trying to sleep with them. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're not, I mean, think about it even, <laughs> even more crazy is, like, you wouldn't, the first interaction you had with someone walking across the street from them is immediately have sex. Like, that's, <laughs> that is not going to happen. That's not a good way, like... You're going to end up in jail. That's what you're trying to do. You're going to get fucked up. Like, play your role. Yeah, exactly.
0: These are serious. Like, take take it easy. Right.
1: So with taking it easy, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you see someone across the street. You're interested in them. You talk to them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you end up on a date sometime. Mm -hmm. Maybe you end up on another date sometime. Maybe you end up on another date. And now you're dating. And then eventually, a really intimate moment can happen. Mm Mm-hmm but to lead with that intimate moment is intense and to go from passing on the street to that intimate moment takes like time and patience and it's not going to happen on the first meeting so really with these medicines we recommend doing something like a retreat Mm -hmm. or starting slow and planning a couple experiences so you can ease into it and find okay i'm going to start slow and then next time if i feel like i need a little bit more i can take a little bit more okay i still felt like i would like a little bit deeper experience let me take a little bit more and figure out where that is because if you're like okay i'm gonna jump this has to happen today and it needs to fix all my problems i'm going to jump right into the deep end you might bite off more than you can chew
0: yeah the putting all your eggs in one basket (laughs) in any kind of way that you're doing it like if you're working with a therapist you're if you're like okay i have only this one time to take it and i have to get everything this is the problem with like people promising that ayahuasca can heal you overnight or that yes these these are very profound transformative experiences and you can have that in one ceremony and you expecting expect that. that you're going to heal 30 years of trauma in one night is a little it's like you're setting yourself up for disappointment so Like John said, managing our expectations around it is a really good, important part, place to start with. How much should I take? What should Mm. I do? And putting yourself in a situation with professionals Mm. who are, you know, experienced, trained people that shamans or leaders who work with these medicines and have a strong relationship with them and know, generally, if they give you this much, like this is what it's going to do. And trusting that and being able to say, okay, this is this is a person that this is their profession they're an expert i'm going to trust what this person tells me and gives me and you know even in that context of a retreat or something there are cases of people john is one of these people <laughs> who have a very high tolerance to medicine so so some of this stuff may not even apply to you because okay so what happens if what happens if the middle way
1: well, it does, it's it still working. applies, but right. the, but, I mean, but what the middle way is, is very individual. Right. So the dose for the middle way is a in, completely individual thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, well, comparing yourself to someone else is really a recipe for disaster. This is a completely individual experience. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, with someone healing 30 years of trauma in one night, like, some people that does happen for. Mm-hmm. And the reason that happens is that's the best way for this individual person to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The best individual way for me to deal with it may be to deal with that 30 years of trauma spread out over the next six years. Mm-hmm. And that may be the most effective, efficient, and timely way for me personally to do it. Mm-hmm. So to expect to have someone else's experience is, well, it's pretty crazy, Right. We wouldn't really do that in much other things. So why do it in this? It's to understand that the and trust that the medicine is giving me exactly what I need in the way that I need it in the time frame that I need it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with dose. Like you were just saying, okay. So, uh, for example, when we've drank and drunk I don't know syntax, when we've imbibed. Uh, San yeah, Pedro. we've sat in ceremony with San Pedro mm-hmm. to get at a similar depth with the medicine I normally drink three ish times what you drink that's true and there there's a lot of like well I've experienced a lot of like internal and external like pressure or shame or like um, conflict around that like I've felt like well what's going on with me that like is there some energetic block that i need to take more or is there like there's something that i'm doing that's like not or maybe i need to change my diet or like i'm not meditating enough i'm like going through all these things I'm, like why can't i connect to the medicine the same way she can and or i've heard from other people like those same kind of things like well you just have some sort of blockage or you're like you're being stubborn with the medicine or whatever and, like once you slow down and really it's like something to do with my metabolism and it mm-hmm. really is just the way it is and so so yeah so my mental way might look like someone else's blast it heroic those, yeah right and that's fine and the way that i've been able to understand that with like sam pa- i talk about San Pedro because i have um a good long relationship with San Pedro and the way I was able to understand that relationship was by starting slow Mm -hmm. was by feeling kind of underwhelmed at the beginning and then I heard people saying and I thought to myself well maybe I have some energetic blockage or the diet or whatever so I had it again and I had the same experience I thought okay well I'll change the diet I'll change this again and it was the same experience okay next time you know what I feel like I could handle double that so I'm going to double it and then I felt okay well this is close to there and then I'll say, oh, okay, well, I'll have a little more next time. And over the course of maybe six, seven, eight ceremonies, I finally got to like, okay, I really am feeling like I'm connecting to this medicine. I really understand I'm getting what I'm I came here searching for, which is for me was shifting my perspective, seeing myself and the world in a new way, and trying to build a harmonious relationship, both internally and externally. Mm-hmm. And I finally felt connected to the medicine teaching me how to do that. And To replicate that, I tend to take three times the amount that you take, and both of us are hitting the middle way, Mm -hmm. but it looks a lot different to get there.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting concept, especially coming from a place of like, I used to be addicted, Mm -hmm. so I did not know how to have a minimum effective dose of anything. I had no off switch. I could not discern where I would say, I've had enough. And the medicine
1: <laughs> You find the off real quick with ayahuasca.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so at working with these plants, that was such a gift to mm. to come to a place in myself where I know how much I, I need to have the experience that I want to have. And it's not that much. And like I even had so I went to a mushroom retreat in November. It was my first time to work with mushrooms in a ceremonial context. Like I had taken them a lot, as you know, a younger, a younger person, um, and like for fun or whatever. Even though they were always like, "We're going to pull you into this psychedelic realm. You don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it." I love, I love the mushrooms for their, they had the long game plan. <laughs> but I went to this retreat and I had maybe I didn't know this at the time because they don't tell you how much they give you, but I had like less than two grams on the first ceremony, and it was very strong. I had a very strong experience, I had got a lot of healing, I shifted, I was like, you know, crying, and I had a powerful, awesome experience, and then I, you know, was listening to all the other people the next couple days, and they were like, oh, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take, like, a lot more, like, I didn't feel anything, and I got this little, like, (laughs) voice in my head, and I, I remember I called John, and I was like, I don't know, I feel like I should try to take more. And I, like, I chose, so I didn't even, I didn't even go up very much. I I think I told them I would like a half a step more. And that ceremony kicked my ass because I took too much. I took too much for me and... I didn't need, I should have stayed at this at the same amount that I was at because that experience was really powerful and good and like mm. not overwhelming in a way that I didn't like. And for me with mushrooms, like if I take really two, if I take more than two grams, it can get really like John was saying how Terrence McKenna said it, like I got really lost. And i couldn't find my way back to like my center which is really rare for me like with ayahuasca i'm i'm like i know where things are but i this medicine was new to me and so it it was a really good learning experience of like you do not need to take more like i don't like the feeling of seeking some kind of extreme peak experience with medicine all the time because I feel like it does a disservice to the subtle, beautiful experience of having your your presence with you uh-huh. while you're doing it. And like, what was I trying to feel that I didn't already feel? So that was a really uh, reminder for me that the minimum effective dose is always the way that I want to do it. Because when I don't do it like that, I tend to not have a good... I have a really hard time and I learn something really valuable by having a really hard time. Um, which is, you know, what you need to have. If you have a hard time, that's what you need. But I think that you can often find a way to get that that healing experience. Mm. Like you don't necessarily have to suffer to heal, like, like while you're doing it. And that's something really important oh. to acknowledge.
1: So we like this minimum effective dose because exactly what you're talking about. If when we take more then we're able to navigate able to receive from able to um, really connect to well right the experience can feel like well i'm just like curling in the fetal position waiting for this to be over and like that experience doesn't really deliver much right i mean not in my experience with it
0: i don't like that
1: and if you take too little it's like like our teacher says, you, everything you need in from ayahuasca is in one drop. Mm-hmm. So the beauty of taking taking too little, and I've experienced that far more often than I've experienced taking too much. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of taking too little is that I've set aside time in the ceremony, or for mm-hmm. this experience to sit with myself and meditate and ask the medicine. For help on whatever the specific issue is I've carved this time away and I have it no matter what my phone is away the TVs not on there's no music unless someone's singing or whatever and like I have a dedicated space to work on what I'm trying to work on and I can still use that if I've taken a little bit less than I really wanted to and I'm not really connecting to the medicine I still have that time and space to sit with myself and I'm going to be a little more open because I have met with the medicine, even if I can't really perceive it. And the answers can more easily flow through my heart when I meditate, or my mind can just a little more subtly think of a new solution, and it's like it's not a waste. A lot of people working at the retreat, well, a lot of people who came to the retreat working at it would say, I didn't feel anything, and it, it didn't work, and et cetera, et cetera, and well, when we talked to them, what I heard a lot of the time was, well, I was just sitting waiting around to feel it the whole time, wondering, was that it? Was that it? Was that it? And then getting angry. Well, I'm not feeling it. And I'm not feeling it. And it's like, okay, well, you had this time and space to think about whatever the issue was or to meditate on whatever the issue was or to like pray about whatever the issue was. And then instead of taking that time and space to do that, you sat there complaining about the experience that you were having and... You could have been using that time to engage with the healing you wanted, even though it wasn't in the way that you wanted it. So it's like that a little bit less is still, can still give us what we need.
0: I think taking when you have those like lighter experiences, it teaches you how to participate in Mm -hmm. your healing because you, so many times people expect this medicine to come and do a thing to them. And what really happens is you meet the medicine and you come together and you can really start to do that on like not really very much. Like you can feel it and you come and you're like, you're here, I'm so grateful that you're here, like let's have a conversation. And asking the medicine when you're with it, Uh what do, like what how much should I take, should I take more? You'll you'll know the answer, and you know sometimes you'll take more, especially like with ayahuasca. So with ayahuasca, you can take another dose, and it will exponentially like increase. So the more ayahuasca you take, the more intense it is, and it as you you can drink it once, and then some time can pass, and then you can you can drink more. You can do that a few times if you if you want, and you know you could have a you could have a journey and then kind of come back down to earth and it'd be one way and then you take another cup and you might have a whole different a whole different experience um and asking the medicine itself like you know do i need more is there something that i'm not getting if you feel in your you know intuitive self that you're not getting what you need that's a good time to take more and you can ask you can ask the person serving the medicine like I, you know, I just want a little bit. I don't You don't have to double. Your, like if you're adding more, double is not is not necessarily the answer. It's like take take a little bit to, like with ayahuasca, at least for me, which I'm pretty sensitive, like if I drink as much ayahuasca as John drinks, I would have very serious <laughs> problems like doing anything, walking, talking. I can, would not be able to. So you so. OK, so there's there's a retreat. You have a certain amount of time, right? So how do you know how it goes? Like, like we said, it's like managing your expectations, understanding that it may take you a couple ceremonies to like get your kind of boots on around it. And, and it, it may be something that, ha, you know, you you get to a certain place with it in one retreat or one journey or one evening. And that's why we integrate. We take what, all, everything that happened, and this may be like unfolding for you over month, months and weeks after your experience, and then you come back to it again, and mm. and that's sort of where I, you know, when I first started working the psychedelics, I didn't think I was going to keep working with them. I didn't know mm. that they were going to be so powerful for me. Like, this medicine makes sense for me. This way of dealing with myself and understanding myself and understanding my place in this world and showing up in this world, in this life, in this body... This is why I'm here. I'm not here to blast off out there. That is always there. That's there when we are not here. We're only here right now in these physical bodies for a little, really short amount of time. And what the medicine taught me was like, you chose to come into this life to heal this addiction, to heal this ancestral trauma, to heal this insecurity about your body, to heal all of this stuff in your own family, in your own life. Like, that's where you're supposed to show up. It's not, okay, what is the meaning of life? You know what it is. The meaning of life is like, life. Every, it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, this is it. It's in every moment. It's in everything that we do. And it's in all the experiences that we have that we just blow off because they're not, like, big enough. Or,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: so much of what the medicine teaches us is, like, gratitude for the moment that we have and to be present. And we're not present. We're on our phones. We're on our computers. We're doing six things at once. We're not paying attention. And like John said, sitting in silence with yourself, being present with yourself, is really hard. Because we're not used to doing it. But it's really powerful.
1: It's good medicine. It's good medicine without having any plants, without having any psychedelics. It's good medicine on its own. So, yeah, what I'm really reminding myself and sharing with you all is that when I have that experience to take good advantage of it and to sit with myself and use the medicine of sitting quietly with myself with no distractions because really that's all the medicine does anyways is facilitate this meeting between us and ourselves and no other distractions And when our minds are quiet and we're sitting with nothing else but ourselves the answer comes through anyways Mm -hmm. so the medicine facilitates this thing that's really available to us all the time so if you're having an experience that's not exactly what you were hoping for like that's okay the answer really it really is there anyways and again I'm reminding myself because I can get hung up on that so
0: yeah just I think our sort of Main idea of all of this around finding find the middle way for you. Mm, find what that looks like for you, and it doesn't matter what it looks like for someone else. If you have to take two heroic doses to get to a baseline level that is you're having an experience that you feel good about, that's okay. If you take half as much as other people, that's okay. There's no if you love microdosing, that's okay like whatever, wherever you find yourself on the spectrum, be, find a way that's gentle and soft and balanced for you. Mm -hmm. And, and once you feel like comfortable in that, then you can feel more, you know, more confident to like push the boundaries a little bit and see what, you know, what works for you. But, um, just giving yourself the permission to have the experience you have and to be open to it, feeling how it feels and like, letting it look a different way than what you think is a really powerful tool so i would say like find your middle way
1: Aho, well said yeah so thanks for joining us for Mm -hmm. today's podcast yeah we wanted to share with you the story of how we came to do these retreats
0: oh in
1: olon ecuador
0: yes okay so Olon is a little quaint little like village it's a beachside Oceany, it's a little village on the coast of Ecuador at the beach and it's right down from Ayampe it's like the next town over yeah from Ayampe and John and I spent six weeks in Ayampe last year yeah um after so we had worked we worked at this retreat center for a long time that's where we met and then things got kind of I see there <laughs> and we realized like this isn't a good fit for us anymore and we need to leave and we were really sad because it was a uh, it was just like really hard yes. to leave yes and
1: we were living in the neighboring town <laughs> and it was like we're well i'm especially not a city person and there's we were in a city and yeah. we were kind of feeling like trapped by the concrete jungle and we we're like we got to get some time out of here. We were waiting. We were kind of like... We had plane in, Yeah. We were in limbo in Ecuador, waiting from all the way from like October till March for these plane tickets we had. Yeah, we, we didn't had want to waste months. the plane tickets. So around, what was it? December or something like that? Yeah, January?
0: We went there on my, the day before my birthday. That's right. Yeah. So January 17th of 2020.
1: We were like, let's go to the beach and let's like ride the the rest of this thing out at the The beach beach and we love the beach (laughs) oh my god y'all it is so beautiful there we stayed in this house with this giant acacia tree where all these like hummingbirds and like tanagers came in they were hanging out we had a
0: iguana yeah Yeah, steve we named him steve and he would like plop down from the tree onto the roof just like thud
1: (laughs) and there's like
0: pelicans everywhere
1: the sunsets at the beach are just absolutely gorgeous the water's perfect there's crabs and like hibiscus everywhere we love this place so and the magic of the ocean holding us was really like helping us connect to okay we've left this retreat center like Mm -hmm. what do we want to do right and we had some ceremonies with mm-hmm. this beautiful San Pedro.
0: This thing, the it was guy was like blue. Like he was a big boy. He we was got him in the mountains, and we took him with us to the ocean.
1: Great medicine.
0: Yeah, it was the most amazing San Pedro that we had had. Like the whole you know year and a half that we were there. And we had
1: two ceremonies with it. Uh So the first one, we really sat around praying and talking and connecting to our purpose. Mm -hmm. And we came up with that. We wanted to help people with their integration Mm -hmm. to make sure that no one fell through the cracks with their plant medicine experience, Mm -hmm. that everyone had all the the tools, resources, and support available to them that they needed to really make lasting, significant transformation in their Mm -hmm. life. And the other part of that is like, we wanted this to be a holistic thing. So we wanted yeah. to offer preparation. We wanted to offer the retreat itself and we wanted to do the integration afterwards. Yeah. So we, we came to this realization about the dream and then we had the second ceremony.
0: So the second ceremony, we our intention was to plant the seeds for our dream. And our dream being like, Doing the work of working in the psychedelic space and as Mystical Heart Collective together as a partnership and everything that that entailed. And we wanted to come back to Ecuador and have retreats and be with the medicines, however, the medicines wanted to make that happen with us. Right. And so we had this beautiful ceremony with San Pedro together and then at sunset we went to the beach and if you've ever been in a the way that we do our San Pedro ceremonies with uh, our medicine family is at the end of the ceremony it's a four tobacco ceremony there's a opening tobacco and then the second tobacco is for the father water we pray for the rain and the masculine the divine masculine and then the third tobacco is the power tobacco where like the healing work happens. And then the fourth tobacco is the tobacco for the mothers and the divine feminine and the receiving water and the ocean. And, um, there's always a beautiful like line of food that we do. So whenever John and I do the ceremony, even if it's just the two of us, we make the, we do the line of food and it's, um, corn, which is the seeds, which are the ancestors, the, um, the seven generations that were before us. And then we have the meat, which is the seven generations that are here now, and then the fruits, which is the seeds. Well, it comes water is first, but um, the seeds, the water, and the flesh are the fruit, the seven generations to come. And so we had this prayer, and we took it all to the beach, and we did this at sunset, and it was a holiday weekend, and so there were, like, tons of people, and there were hundreds of pelicans. Like,
1: like she's not exaggerating. Like, like hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds.
0: Them. And hundreds. We, <laughs> like, we had seen, you know, every day there's, like, 20 or 30 of them. And this day... <laughs> it looked like there was a feeding frenzy and I love these birds. They are so beautiful and majestic and they were just like flipping out. And it <laughs> felt like, granted we were with the San Pedro and it was very strong, but it really felt like the universe was conspiring with us mm. to have this ceremony. And so we planted some seeds in the ground, in the, in the little jungle next to the ocean with our prayers for doing this work. Um, you know, and then the, like the next day we left, I think the next couple of days we lo- we left Ecuador and we came back to yeah. a pandemic and a lockdown and like mm-hmm. everything changed. And we, we,
1: the, we, the dream was kind of like, okay, well, the dream has been planted. The seeds are in there, but it's not going to go the way we thought it was going to go. Yeah. So we're waiting. It's been, you know, six, nine months later. And I actually went down to Ecuador to stay with some of our medicine family mm-hmm. and help out and be in some ceremonies. And, well, we had looked at, um, we were lo- starting to look at places to rent for this
0: well, uh, so, retreat. So when when I went to the mushroom retreat, I, it was at the beach in Mexico, and the mushrooms told me, Ayampe, you need to look in Ayampe. Mm. And I got this message, like, from the ocean <laughs> while I was with the mushrooms. And I told John, I was like, I hope Yeah,
1: so we were sold on it. Yeah. So we're looking at places and trying to figure it out. And um, then it dawned us, we had a, co- a list of a couple places, and we kind of had a first choice. And then it dawned on us, like, oh, my God, we need a sweat lodge. I'm like, duh. We need a maloca. We need a maloca. <laughs> like, how are we going to do this just at some like, Airbnb? People don't we... just have
0: <sighs> malokas right. know, on the beach.
1: So we started Googling and we found a place that was for rent that has a sweat lodge and a Maloka. Mm-hmm. So you were in the States, you sent them an email mm-hmm. and we're like, Hey, we're looking to rent to do a retreat. Yeah. Y'all I shit you not. The very next morning I wake up and we were, well I was with the, our medicine family at their home and they were hosting a ceremony, the person who owned the place, that we just sent the email who we had never met pulls up to where I'm at and is like, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm like, we literally just sent you an email. It was like (laughs) such a synchronicity. It was
0: really cool. So we kind of like, from that point, we really knew that this was a good place. And like, this is a really, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful, we've had a really good experience like getting everything together and everything is sort of aligned and, we wanted to share this story about this because this is what happens mm. when you start to believe that you the universe is conspiring in your favor. Like we uh-huh. had we you You're... know, it just it this is always what happens and people will tell you this and you're kind of like, it it feels hard when you're trying to build something or trying to create something from nothing is, you know, especially in the middle of a pandemic and and like everything that everyone's been through the last, the last year and a half has been really intense. And for us to be able to do this now in this place that we really love and have a really strong connection with feels so good. And we're just, we're, we're so excited about it and we are so grateful to, ecuador and like the family that we have there that that works with these medicines because it's the experience there is really like nothing else it's amazing
1: the magic of this beach the magic of these medicines the magic of the way this family holds ceremony and the way they taught us to hold our ceremonies when we have them on our own and the way that this magic really manifests and comes to life is like this retreat is an expression of that and if you're looking for that in your life you want to find some magic I can tell you this is the place that we found it
0: yeah and we we, like this is our this is our dream retreat we've created it in a way that has it has everything that we know to make the healing experience as beautiful and comfortable and loving and compassionate and exciting and fun. And the ocean is there. And like, it's just, we can't wait. And so...
1: So Come get a slice of magic. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And we're going to um, we're gonna talk about little different parts of the retreat at the end of our podcasts um, going forward as we get closer to having our first one. So if you have any questions, please visit our website, mysticalheartcollective.com forward slash retreats. All the information is there. You can make a booking there. And if you have any questions at all, you, you can always email us at hello at mysticalheartcollective.com. Please, if you know somebody that is looking for a retreat or likes plant medicine, please send them our podcast, share our Facebook, and share our stuff. We are really trying to get the word out about this. Our biggest problem is that nobody knows who we are. (laughs) So if you could tell your friends and family uh, about how they can have a magical experience on the beach, we would love to have you or them there.
1: Oh, we look forward to hearing from you soon, y'all. Peace.